Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Frontiers in Learning, a program focused on education and the role it plays in our ever-changing economy. Hi, I'm Chris Shovlin. My guest today is Dr. Aaron Thomas, who was a teacher, then a principal, and now is the superintendent of the Cornell School District, which is comprised of Coriopolis and Neville Island. Dr. Thomas is a graduate of Robert Morris University, and I remember him very, very well as a member of the Colonials basketball teams. Of course, I'm still the play-by-play announcer there. Uh, Aaron played there in the early 2000s. And Dr. Thomas, I used to introduce you as being from Middlebury, Indiana. I know your dad used to get a kick out of that. And today I can say you're from Cornell. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, Chris, it really is uh, always uh, a pleasure to catch up with you and talk to you. Um, usually it's like you said, at a Rock Morris basketball game or off to the side. But um, I'm excited and thrilled to have the opportunity just to talk about uh, Cornell being a small district, we don't usually get the, the big press or the opportunities to, to, to highlight what we're doing here. So um, the next few minutes just to talk about what we're doing here and all the hard work that uh, some of the great people we have here have been doing, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I am too. And before we talk about the district and the work that you and your staff are doing to educate these young kids here in this area, uh, get us all caught up on, on how you transition from a basketball player, a student athlete, uh, a college kid into education uh, and take me through teaching, being a principal and being a superintendent now. Yeah, um, well, it, when I look at my little journey here, uh, I have been very, very fortunate. Uh, someone would even say blessed. Uh, I always had just wonderful mentors throughout my life and they were always kind of at times when I needed them. So. Um, kind of no different when I when I came to college. So when I got done playing, uh, kind of a decision to make of you can experiment and try to play overseas for the few years you have left w with your body in good shape, uh, or you can kind of move on. So I decided uh, partially because as I was told when I came to Robert Morris, Pittsburgh girls don't like to leave. <laughs> and um, you know, so I decided to, to stay and, and, and grow up and I got a job teaching the city right away. I did that for one year for Pittsburgh Public, uh, then had the opportunity to come here to Cornell. And I was coaching uh, just right up the hill at the Moon Area High School. So uh, I was very, very content teaching. I loved it. I was trying to kind of pay it forward, like I said before. I always had mentors in my life, and I tried to do the same for my students and my players. And then actually on my birthday, uh, my former boss came into my classroom and just said, uh, would you be interested in being the principal? And I was only 27 years old at the time, and I had a room full of kids and just kind of said, well, let me, uh, let me have a break here and I'll come down and talk to you. So uh, long story short, I took over as the high school principal, did that for four years. Um, and then uh, when my boss retired, 
uh, who is a great mentor of mine and kind of showed me how special Cornell is and why it is so special. And, and um, But when she retired, the board approached me and said, would you be interested in just taking over? So uh, after four years as a high school principal, I uh, became superintendent, now I'm in my fifth year. So um, a lot of the things I've learned um, and I, I kind of get stereotyped a lot because being a basketball person or being a former athlete, but really when you look at it, I owe everything I've, I have and everything I've earned to the opportunities that the game of basketball has presented to me. So, um, you know, without basketball, I wouldn't have got a scholarship to Robert Morris. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to see all the areas that we saw from 2000, 2004. I wouldn't have got to meet the people I did and meet my wife and get a job and be in the Pittsburgh area. So I kind of relate everything I have uh, to the game of basketball just because it opened up so many different opportunities for me. And um, being put in some tough situations, you're kind of, uh, you become resilient. You learn about this thing called grit. And uh, I've kind of related a lot of those lessons to what I do now. So uh, I think we all have tough jobs, but being a superintendent, you're kind of under the microscope from the public from certain aspects. But uh, I've kind of been in some high pressure situations before and it just kind of, I've been able to kind of take those lessons and put it into into my, my profession now. I'm sure teamwork plays a part of that as well, not only with uh, the children that are being educated in the district, but also working with the teachers and, and the faculty and the staff here. Yeah, I mean, at, at Cornell, um, we're a small team. My administrative team is only four other individuals who are, who are great, so we have to be a team. We have to be on the same page. Um, our secretaries are outstanding. Our teachers are outstanding. So uh, we don't have curriculum directors. I don't have an assistant superintendent. I don't even have a secretary. <laughs> so uh, it is kind of all hands on deck, and uh, I've, I, I've kind of taken on this new motto uh, recently, and it was a, from a book I read this summer. And it was just one line, and it was embrace the struggle. And uh, it's, it's, everybody has their struggles here. We have our own individual struggles or challenges. And it's one of those things like, well, embrace them, make them your strengths. Uh, we're all gonna have weaknesses. You just continue working on them. But uh, what I may be good at uh, could be a strength for somebody else who's not good in that area and vice versa. So we rely on each other uh, to make this place work and operate. And, and we're very fortunate that uh, I think we're in the position we're in uh, because of, of the, the people we have on board. My guest on Frontiers in Learning this week is Dr. Aaron Thomas, a graduate of Robert Morris University and now the superintendent of schools in the Cornell School District. All right, I want you to brag up your district for me. Tell me about what's exciting about the 2017-18 school year here in the Cornell schools. Yeah, um, well, like I said before, we are a very small school district. Uh, we have our challenges because of uh, you know, our, our student population is 70% free reduced lunch, a little bit more than that. Uh, and with that comes some challenges, but uh, we've embraced it. We get very creative with some grants. Um, so I'll just kind of go over a few things sure. we're going with the high school and the elementary school. So the elementary school, um, first and foremost, we're a very safe uh, and, and caring school district. We have individuals here that um, I would take uh, my, my, I'd, I'd want my kids to be taught by them. That, that's how much, I, how highly I think of them. It's just a caring, uh, nurturing place. Uh, our elementary, though, um, we have a, an ongoing relationship with FedEx. Uh, representatives from FedEx come in and teach our kids the code.org curriculum. Uh, we have a, uh, a relationship with Robert Morris University, uh, where this year we'll make now $55,000 that we've gotten 
to create a makerspace and, and do some project-based learning with our kids there. Uh, we have an after-school program, which is federally funded through a grant that we got. Uh, we have a number of different interventions set in place for our kids. So I think our elementary, we're making some, some really good progress, and, and, and I'm proud of that. At the high school level, um, kind of our staple is technology. Uh, over the years, we've gotten uh, countless money here is from grants for our technology, but we're one-to-one, -one basically, device per student. Uh, we have a, a TV studio that has been built all through grant-funded. Uh, we have YouTube. Uh, that we, we play the morning announcements through YouTube every day. Um, we have a, uh, a, a grant through Google now that, we, that pays for uh, what's called a technology coach. Uh, we're one of 50 schools in the country to receive this grant, and uh, we were out in Mountain View, California for training over the summer. So this person will work with our teachers on integrating technology in the classroom. So we're, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that uh, plays out. Um, we also got a grant uh, where we were able to purchase a laser engraver. And uh, with that, we've kind of built on it, and we got another thing going with that other program called Real World Scholars. So our students will be doing the business end of things as well as the production ends of things with our laser engravers. So they'll be making uh, and selling personalized coasters, um, name plates, uh, bricks with names. I mean, you name it, they, they can make it now with the laser engraver. So, um, and another thing that I think is important too is uh, because of our size, we are limited, but we still try to be as creative as we can. So I am proud to say that uh, we now have 11 courses that are dual enrollment courses where our kids are uh, enrolled here. They take the course here, but they're getting credit either from Robert Morris, Point Park, Pitt, or um, uh, LaRose College. So uh, even though we're small, we're still doing some great things. That indeed you are. I'm here in the Cornell School District today with Dr. Aaron Thomas, the superintendent of schools. We'll continue our conversation after this short time out on Frontiers in Learning. Join everyone's favorite practically perfect nanny for a high-flying, magical, musical adventure. Mary Poppins kicks off the 2017-2018 Highmark subscription series live at Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center this October. Step in time and join the fun from October 6th to the 8th, October 13th to the 15th, and October 20th to the 22nd. Take the family for an adventure they're sure not to forget with this live production of Mary Poppins. Don't wait until the last minute as tickets are flying out the door. Call the box office at 724-576-4644, option 2, or visit www.lincolnparkarts.org to purchase your tickets today. Lincoln Learning Solutions is a Beaver County-based nonprofit organization whose mission is to empower learning communities by providing them with products, strategies, and services aligned with proven educational practices. Lincoln Learning Solutions is the creator of Lincoln Empowered, a comprehensive new pre-K through 12 online curriculum that offers the highest degree of flexibility and personalization possible. Want to learn more? Visit www.lincolnlearningsolutions.org. 
Do you want a more secure future? Can you keep the plant running and work in a state-of-the-art facility? Then enroll in Community College of Beaver County's Process Technology Program and in just two years, earn a degree and be on your way to a high-tech career with companies like Shell, ECI, Ecolab, BASF, and MarkWest. Classes start August 28th. Visit ccbc.edu forward slash process to see how you can thrive as part of the region's new workforce every day that you go to work. Welcome back to Frontiers in Learning. I'm Chris Shublin. I'm in the superintendent's office today and uh, for the first time in a long time I'm not in trouble but I'm with Dr. Aaron Thomas, a longtime friend who is now the superintendent of schools in the Cornell School District uh, here in uh, the Coriopolis Neville Island area. You mentioned so many exciting things in our first segment, Aaron, and uh, you know, I I'm just wondering, you know, we see so many districts starting to turn toward uh, building maker spaces in their districts. What are the lessons gleaned by the students uh, in those laboratories? Um, it's makerspace is kind of the new hot term for project-based learning. You give your kids uh, a project, you give them an idea, and it's kind of a thought process they're working through to create their project. So you have kind of the the beginning of it where they're brainstorming, trying to come up with how something will will turn out. Then they actually have the event, and then uh, obviously the reflection piece. So we, we started doing this thing. Um, we implemented this writing program called Collins Writing. Uh, Dr. John Collins, he's out of uh, the Boston area. And when I hear him talk, I have flashbacks to Coach Schmidt with his accent. <laughs> but uh, uh, he, we've been doing a lot of his writing program, all these different activities, and, and what he calls types of writing. And so we've tried to incorporate, instead of just, yeah, you're, you're making a project, you're, uh, you know, th then you leave it at that. No, we're implementing a lot of those things that Dr. Collins does with his, uh, with his writing program. So it's so much more elaborate and there's so much more to it than the kids are going in and doing like an arts and crafts. So um, obviously there's a technology component, um, but I think it's just getting the kids out of the classroom. And it was, it was a transition for our teachers, um, but it, it's kind of, you know, all the research says you're most creative when you're away from your environment. So we kind of created this space and said, hey, it's your space to go in there and maybe even do a, a mini math lesson or a social studies lesson, an English lesson, but you can also do these project-based learning uh, opportunities. So uh, the Robert Morris, um, it's called the Ohio River Consortium. It's uh, us, uh, Cornell Moon, Avonworth, um, Quaker Valley, and now we've added Northgate and Still Rock. So my, f my vision for that uh, again, being small, and like I said before, not having some of the uh, personnel that maybe a larger school would have, is I'd love to see this thing turn into kind of a network for our teachers. So if a third grade teacher is looking for an idea for our makerspace, well, Avonworth has one too. Um, hey, contact the third grade Avonworth teacher and let's just start collaborating that way. So um, it, it, it's kind of limitless, and you're only kind of limited by the ideas you come up with, is kind of what I told our teachers. How unique is it for Cornell to be working with uh, an expert in this field such as Dr. John Collins? Because you are a smaller district, let's face yeah. it. Uh, it's unique for us because, um, well, number one, we've never done it before, but number two, I don't think we've ever fully invested, and in, in with that, obviously, that means budgeting and come up with the time and plan, but uh, we kind of made a commitment to it and just said, hey, what can we do? Now we got creative with it, um, so we made it a regional workshop. So when he comes out, other districts are allowed to send their employees, 
and then we get a uh, discount for every employee that comes. So even though to have a nationally renowned um, educator come and present, instead of getting the bill for X amount of dollars, we're really not paying anything. So uh, again, it's just being creative and trying to say, how can we make this work? And, and when you kind of buy in and you go all in, you can make things happen. I can see the twinkle in your eye when you're talking about technology because you're excited about that uh, with regard to your students and, and your school district and uh, obviously you've made a lot of changes. Education has changed so dramatically from the time that you were in school. I know uh, exponentially from the time that I was in school because that was a long, long time ago. Uh, I'm just wondering how you keep up with the challenge of continuing uh, to learn at your level, uh, your staff has to continue to learn as well, along with the students. And, and what I'm talking about here is they have to continue to uh, be educated on today's technology. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, like I said before, it's a commitment. So uh, personally speaking, you know, I've kind of made the commitment in, in my administrative team where uh, learning doesn't stop from or doesn't start at eight o'clock and stop at four o'clock. You know, it, it's continuous. So um, you have to, to be successful, I think, in, in, in positions, you have to be willing to spend some evenings tinkering things and looking at things, uh, networking, obviously. Uh, you know, kind of a basketball analogy I was told was a great coach steals things from other coaches all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, same thing with, with our jobs. If I know that, um, you know, Quaker Valley is doing something out, that, that's making some traction. I'll call over to Dr. Uh, on deck and hey, what are you doing? You know, I, I went on that too. So um, I think it's accepting and knowing the fact that it's lifelong learning. Um, and then it's kind of our jobs. And I kind of learned this early on, like I said, I became principal at the age of 27. Um, but what I kind of learned early on is you have to make that commitment to continue to seek out and learn new opportunities. And if you want things to change, um, it really does start with us. So if you want to make an impact, we're in the position now to do that. And uh, it, it was very empowering for me to kind of have that realization of like, oh, wow, I can make something happen here. It's on me and, uh, and it's on us. And I think we've done a, a wonderful job transforming Cornell um, and even though we're limited with our resources and our size, we don't use it as an excuse and we, we continue bringing the new opportunities here. Dr. Aaron Thomas is my guest. He's the superintendent of schools in the Cornell School District. And uh, we're just learning a little bit about Cornell and what happens here. Uh, I want your interpretation of how the students have accepted all this technology learning. It seems to me that it has given them a, a new and exciting road uh, toward learning. Yeah. Um, technology is not the, 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 you probably heard this before, but it's not the silver bullet. It doesn't cure everything but it's a resource and it's a tool to engage them. So um, I think that's what it's, that, that's what it's done. Uh, I think especially here, uh, if you look like when I started 13, 14 years ago, whatever it's been, um, you know, we still had the chalkboards, we still had the neat rows, and now every single classroom has a smart board, every single classroom has surround sound speakers, every single classroom here has all these, either a MacBook or an iPad cart or a Chromebook cart, and it's just really changed how the kids learn, how the teachers instruct. Um, but as I told the teachers, just because we have these devices doesn't mean they're going to learn at higher levels. It's just a tool to get the kids going, get them engaged, get them active, but it's also real world. So, um, to, but 
to say that, we have to model it. So we've transformed a lot of our uh, practices here. Um, for example, uh, something simple as Gmail and Google Drives and all that, we've kind of revamped how we operate on the back end of things. So uh, our teachers were kind of forced to walk the walk, so to speak, by, by doing some of these cloud-based um, activities that we now use within our within the organization. So um, I think they've they've experienced it, they've learned it, and I think they've also understand like you know we, we have to model it and we have to to exhibit the same characteristics we want our kids to exhibit. How have their parents responded? I think positively. Um, I say I think because you know the one challenge we have here, and I'd be open openly admit it and very candid about it, is we do need more parent involvement here. Um, you know, we do have parents, and I think part of it's because we're K to 12, all one building. Mm -hmm. And so by the time they get to seventh and eighth grade, they've been in this building for six or seven years. They've known the teachers, they have a comfort level. But regardless, I think we need the teacher or we need the parents a little bit more involved, especially at the secondary level. Um, and I think we've worked hard over the years to say, you know, we're not butting heads here. We have the same goal, which is your child to, to do the best they can to set themselves up for either the workforce or uh, post-secondary education here. So um, I know at the elementary level where there is a little bit more parent involvement, um, especially we've updated our website and we have a couple new apps that we use down there just to get parents communicating. They love it, you know, they love it. So they're, they're hearing from their teachers regularly. Um, and if I told, I've told our teachers too, like I understand that we want parents to be more involved, but it doesn't mean you, just, you quit trying. So uh, we're constantly trying to bombard them with here's the latest and greatest of what we're doing. If you think we could do something better, let us know. And uh, the feedback I've gotten has been nothing but positive, but like I said, I, I, I'm always seeking for more feedback and more interaction with them. I'll be back with Dr. Aaron Thomas in our final segment of Frontiers in Learning coming up next. Do you want to get promoted? Can you be your own boss? Then enroll in Community College of Beaver County's Business Administration or other related programs and in just two years or less be on your way to a great career with skills in management, accounting, marketing, human resources and more. Starting college over or picking up where you left off? They're here to help. Register now for the fall semester. Classes start August 28th. Visit ccbc.edu forward slash business degree to see how you can be worth more every day that you go to work. Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center invites you to join us as we dream bigger during our upcoming 2017-2018 Highmark subscription series. This season includes Mary Poppins, James and the Giant Peach Jr., It's a Wonderful Life, The Nutcracker, The Great Gatsby, Sleeping Beauty, Big Fish, and Ragtime. The eight shows in this year's subscription series will not only bring to life fascinating characters, they will all feature high quality production values, affordable ticket prices, and incredible talent. Whether you choose a subscription package or buy tickets to a single show, your experiences at Lincoln Park are sure to be memorable ones. Call the box office at 724-576-4644, option 2, or visit www.lincolnparkarts.org to purchase your tickets today. Bigger dreams begin at Lincoln Park. Welcome back to Frontiers in Learning. I'm Chris Shublin. I'm with Dr. Aaron Thomas, who was a teacher, then a principal, now the superintendent of the Cornell School District. We're talking about all the exciting things at Cornell. Before I ask you about particular challenges you face with a district this size, I want to 
uh, have you touch on the TV studio. Again, yeah. a district this size with uh, television production capabilities, it's pretty outstanding. Yeah, it is outstanding. So what uh, we used to have morning announcements in the back of this, uh, our tech shop, and uh, eventually we had this unused classroom and we said we had this idea of just transforming this whole space and making a TV studio. Now, it wasn't my doing. We had one person here um, who was the catalyst of this all and, and he had a vision and he kind of would come to me and almost make me say no certain at certain points. But uh, we, we wrote a number of grants, one through Best Buy, uh, a couple through the state that we got. So we do and uh, this past summer we've did like the final phase of it. So we have our own designated space. Um, we completed a sound booth uh, this past summer, which was our last phase. Uh, but the kids operate and run everything. We have a number of computers there. We do uh, more, the, the weather every morning outside. So we have like a, a camera that's able to connect wirelessly. The kids go outside and do the weather. Um, and we do special segments where we may highlight the football team, highlight the basketball team, highlight a teacher, uh, things like that. And then they, uh, we watch them live every morning, but then they upload them to a YouTube channel. So we can constantly uh, view them if we want, or we can go back and highlight a special uh, story or a special segment. So um, you go in there, and it's kind of funny, you see teleprompter that's kind of a homemade one with an iPad that we did so we I guess our teleprompter we can do a little bit better but right now it's working we have like a, a two glass mirror that we're able to read off of it but um, it, I've been in some other high schools where uh, that are a lot bigger and have a lot more resources than we do and I kind of just look at what they're doing and look at what our kids are doing there's only a few of them that are in it um, and, and it's, it's growing which is a good thing but it is kind of amazing it's something I kind of just uh, smile when I do the walkthroughs. I'm like, oh yeah, very nice. And then I kind of come back here and tell our people we're knocking out of the park, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, I think we're, we've evolved and we got a great product. Um, but now it's kind of like, okay, where do we go from here? So uh, we want to keep making the additions, and of course, um, you want to do that without costing the district too much money. So we get very creative with grants, and uh, that's I think everything within that studio is. Yeah, I, I can confirm that everything is now is grant funded in there, so it's great. Incredible stuff. And I remember when I was at school, it was like our guidance counselor would get on the, the microphone yeah. and it would sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. And that was the morning announcements. <laughs> so this is a different day in education. Finally, Dr. Thomas, let's talk about the advantages and the disadvantages that yeah. come with being such a small district. Obviously, uh, the education process is more one-on-one -on -one in a district this size, I would imagine. Yeah. But uh, there are some other advantages, but there are disadvantages. Yeah. There, there are. Um, and I know um, it's a political hot topic with us, and I've kind of accepted the fact that it probably will always be a, a topic here. But uh, a couple years ago, we had a, a merger issue with our neighboring district, Moon Area School District, and you know nothing really transpired with that. But my old boss, I think she did, I know she retired after 36 years working within this district. And she even student taught here. And so I think it's 36 plus her student wow. teaching years. Uh, but she told me, you know, when she was student teaching here, there was rumblings about a merger with Moon. So I think it's always gonna be there. There's always the argument of how small is too small. Um, I, who knows where that will go in the future, but what I do know is that um, 
we make the most of what we have um, and we get creative the best we can. So some disadvantages, uh, we do have smaller class sizes. Um, you know, we may have an advanced level science or math class with five, six, seven, eight, nine kids. Um, but someone could argue that is an advantage because that teacher knows those students. I mean, we, we know our kids here. Um, we obviously don't offer probably the same amount of courses for foreign language. Um, I know other districts have, you know, three or four foreign languages. We just have two. Um, but like I said, we, we've done a good job with our high school level of getting creative with courses. What I've also realized is we may have to do courses in cycles. So one year we offer one course, we've got a group of kids to go through it. Next year that one's gone, we have another one, and we just cycle them through. Um, so like I said, that is a disadvantage, but we make the most of it and we've gotten creative with our scheduling. Um, another thing is obviously the extracurriculars. You know, our band is small. Uh, they're small, but they sound amazing. Um, but I know we had uh, a co-op with Quaker Valley a couple years ago where we did football and we had talked about, you know, we have 45 kids, they have 46, 47, whatever it was. And we kind of said, hey, it'd be nice to see a 90 person band. You know, how, how great would that sound? But it just never got to that point because the co-op had to end. Uh, but yeah, you know, extracurricular uh, with our plays, with our musicals, we are limited. Uh, we only have a certain number of sports. Other schools can do more. But we, we tried to get creative with co-ops, like I said before. Uh, we brought football back. Uh, numbers are always an issue, so we now have a co-op with Holy Family Academy, which is right across the river on 65. Uh, so, so, again, it's one of those things where you try to turn a disadvantage into an advantage. You, you try to make the most of you can. So um, uh, I do have to credit our school board, too, because uh, a couple of years ago with the budget cuts, uh, you know, you're always worried about money, but um, we're probably in the best financial situation that we've ever been in. And it was because we, at one point, we did have to raise taxes and we did not replace teachers. What I tell them is if they're certified in it here, they're going to teach it. Um, so we have not replaced a couple teachers, but we didn't want to overwhelm them. So again, we got creative with the schedule. Uh, but I'm happy to say we haven't raised taxes in the past three school years. Um, and, we're, and we're continuing to implement some innovative programs and be sound financially. So I think, you know, we're doing great things here. And that's it for this week. Thanks to our guest and to you for listening. Frontiers in Learning comes to you through a grant from Lincoln Learning Solutions in cooperation with the Community College of Beaver County and the Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect those of this station's staff and management. You can find podcasts of this and all of our shows online at TalkShoe.com. Search Frontiers in Learning. If you'd like to suggest a topic or have a question or comment, please email your thoughts to Frontiers at LPPACenter.org. That's Frontiers at LPPACenter.org. The producer of today's show is Don Cameron. Music by Lincoln Park Senior Joey Finello. I'm Chris Shublin, reminding you to tune in next week for another stimulating edition of Frontiers in Learning. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.